Catherine, do you have one? No. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> Let down scene. Let's go. Welcome to episode 26 of Who the Hell is This For? My name is Tyler and I like to party. My name is Jeff and I like to party. No, you don't like to party. I like to party. No, I like to party. Riley Riley knows I'm the party guy. I'm Riley. I like to party. No, you. I know for a fact that you don't party. <laughs> All right, You're well, right. Jeff's the party guy. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would parties but Tyler and me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. We review or we watched and are reviewing Hot Rod today. Catherine, do you party? What? <laughs> <laughs> Three of us really like this movie. One of us doesn't. I'll give you a guess at who that is. <laughs> uh, before we get into Hot Rod, though, what have you guys been watching? Oh man, so we're on two weeks worth of what we've been watching. Yeah. Um, I watched through. Let's see. Is it drugs? No, it's that. What's that cartoon? <laughs> Drugs. Uh, Love, Death, and Robots. The very horny Netflix show. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Something like that. Anyway, that was pretty good. It was like a little mini-series. Uh, all these different animation styles. Oh, that was pretty cool. Uh, but super horny. Okay. It's like they almost made an effort to make sure that a penis was drawn in each cartoon. <laughs> I uh, haven't finished Robot Farmers. Is there a penis in Robot Farmers? I want to say there is at the end. Okay. Tacked um, it on there. Yeah. Well, what part... Anyway, we're getting off topic. And then, let's see, what else did I watch? I watched... Oh, I finally watched Baby Driver. Oh, I never, yeah. I, I never watched it. <laughs> there you go. What'd you think? It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. Great. That's one of those rare ones that both Catherine and I are both really, really high on. Yeah, so that, that was really good. And then last night, I watched uh, The Dirt, which is the... Motley Crue movie that just got put oh. on Netflix. Wait, did that go straight to Netflix? Yeah. I thought that was going to be... Uh, I didn't. I thought that was going to be in theaters. I don't think so, but okay. I, I really liked it. Do they show Kickstart My Heart? They actually hold off on their two big ones. Oh. Uh, Home Sweet Home and Kickstart My Heart isn't until the end. Oh, but they're in there. Yeah. Okay, so, if they weren't in there, I wasn't going to watch. So they finished the movie with Home Sweet Home and then like the... Like Hot Tub Time Machine? Kind of, yeah. Um, and then Kickstart My Heart is like the end credits where they like show clips of real life Motley uh, Crue okay. compared to the movie. Wow. That's kind of, there's not really a dramatic moment then. It's just the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. I thought it'd been like I wanted when, a montage of them like doing heroin and cocaine while yeah. Kickstart My Heart plays. Well, there's, I mean, like there's their, plenty of that. Their eyes <laughs> get real small as it goes. <laughs> Kickstart My Heart. There's plenty well, of drug use. Yeah. All right. Well, that's really all you really need in a biopic. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's <laughs> has to be a pretty significant portion. Just man, watching that movie, you're just like, I I would have never made it as a rock star. <laughs> that lifestyle was <laughs> just out of control. Dead before the first tour is over. Yeah. yeah. We well, like just think you're in like Sioux City, Iowa, and you still gotta. <laughs> You still got to bring it on a Tuesday, and you're like, I guess I have to do coke today. I don't yeah, know. as a rock star, I would die in Wyoming. Like, <laughs> that's just, that's where I end. <laughs> Jeff, what have you been watching? Uh, so I got two weeks worth of stuff as well. I watched the, oh, now I can't remember it. Oh, it's Nothing Makes Sense, which is the concert film of the Talking Heads. Stop Making Sense. Stop Making Sense, thank you. Uh and that was really interesting. I did. I had it on just kind of in the background, doing other stuff. And uh, it was really interesting because young David Byrne looks exactly like Killian Murphy from you know various things, Dunkirk, uh, Peaky Blinders. Looks exactly like the frontman from the Talking Heads. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I also watched um, Tricky Dick and the Man in Black. You guys seen that one? I have not. It's all about Johnny. It's like an hour and fifteen minutes. It's like Johnny Cash and Richard Nixon. And all about how Nixon tried to, like, use Johnny Cash, like, invited him to the huh. White House and tried to use, like, country music and stuff like that to, like, portray himself as, like, a man of the people and a man of the South to What's try to, like, win voters. Tricky Tr Dick and the Man in Black. And it's really, it's really interesting because it's got a lot of, like, interview footage with, like, Johnny Cash's family. Because Johnny Cash is, like, this very, like, is this very patriotic mm -hmm. guy. And, but also can tell that, like, Nixon is trying to use him, too. And so he's, like, I don't really, and so then he did... Kind of a protest song at the White House, but in enough in a way that people would still, like, listen to it. 
And then Nixon, like, invaded Cambodia, like, a week later. Um, so <laughs> it didn't really change anything, but I think it, you know, maybe raised the profile of the bad stuff that he was doing to people who wouldn't listen otherwise. So. I never knew about any of that. That's it was wild. really, It was really interesting. I mean, I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan. Um, mm. And so... And I'm a big Nixon fan. <laughs> <laughs> so right up your alley. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, so I watched that, and then I, I saw a couple of movies the past two weeks, but I'm kind of forgetting what they are now. Those are the two that made the biggest difference for sure. All right. What about you, Catherine? What have you been watching? Um, I saw Us. Yeah. On Friday. We both went to go see Us. Mm-hmm. It was actually pretty good. Oh, I, I know. Um, leaving the theater, Catherine gave it an eight. I gave it a nine. Wow. I might mm-hmm. be down a little bit from that now. I might be an eight and a half. Okay. Um, I feel like if you rewatched it though, you would go higher. Yeah. Um, I it, on a rewatch, I'll probably be at a nine again. I'd say it with you again if you want to go. Okay, I'd be down. Down maybe next week. Yeah, okay. that sounds good. Listeners, if you want to, if we want to come see us, Jeff and I'll go with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I also saw Selena the five thousand times. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. how many times do you watch Selena now? Um, We're going to that too. Yes. They're gonna do a movie party that you guys if are gonna join us for. Join, um, I heard they're also doing Akira for a movie watch yeah. party. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I cannot wait for that. And we're going to Twister tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. Yeah. Nice. That's a Bill Paxson movie. Isn't yeah. It? Film. That's, that's an incredibly sad cast now. Because... Who's the other one? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, very. I thought about that today. I'm like, man, Twister's kind of a bummer now. But It's a then, showcase now. It is Do you want to know showcase. another bummer? Iowa just lost. I know. I got uh, the notification. Oh, that, that guy yep. crying. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Well, I'm out, of the con- I'm out of the yeah. contest. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, Gambling is bad. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> As we're all watching our gambling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, I'm for, saying that because uh, now I'm out of making any more potential money on gambling. All your teams are out? Oh, I'm excited for Dumbo this weekend. Oh, yeah. Dumbo. Oh, oh my gosh. Danny DeVito. The Danny DeVito Michael Keaton joint. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very excited for that one. Who's Just voicing Dumbo? Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> he's also... A, I thought it was Donald Glover. Oh my god. He's a building up his voice acting, because uh, he's also Boots in the Dora the Explorer movie. <laughs> is he really? <laughs> I, Wait, think I think he actually, that actually is. is true. <laughs> I was trying to think of any lines from Dumbo that I know that I could try to say to Benicio Del Toro. Uh, voice he, like. he can fly? No, wait, that's the person. I don't think Dumbo talks in Dumbo. Does Dumbo talk? I don't think so. No. Mm-mm. He goes. <laughs> then there are the racist crows. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. What are we doing about that? I I imagine they're just not putting them in. <laughs> Good <laughs> the deal. Very problematic Anyways, crows. What did you watch? Uh, really, I watched Infinity War again. Getting ready for Endgame. Very excited to see Thanos go or Ant Man go in Thanos's butt. <laughs> uh, but really, the only thing I want to talk about is us. Uh, we went to go see that Friday. It's awesome. There, There's a lot going on in it, and it's going to benefit from a rewatch. Get Out is better, but... Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Us struck a chord with me that I really, really liked. Like, it, it hit all of the notes that I want out of a horror movie. It has one of the best home invasion sequences I've ever seen. Because home invasion... We've talked about The Strangers. Home invasion is one of the most terrifying prospects in a movie. And then it goes from home invasion to very weird existential sci-fi type stuff. And I'm also very down for that. So Jordan Peele has a hell of a career to watch out for. That's for sure. And that's all I've got. Are we ready for Hot Rod? I think so. Yes! Let's do it. What did you love about this movie, Catherine? We're not even there yet. I guess we should do our brief Rotten Tomatoes. That it was short. Yeah. We'll do our brief Rotten Tomatoes rundown and a... uh... Catherine, you can just give us your Rotten review this time instead of reading them. We'll do our Rotten Tomatoes and our uh, plot synopsis. Oh, boy. Because... This movie absolutely deserves a plot synopsis. The tomato meter is, 40, is wrong. Is 40% and an audience score of 64. Um, I mean, our audience picked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should include... No, the audience picked me <laughs> as the favorite <laughs> podcaster. We should include 
that uh, Hara was the winner of our overall that's, bracket that's challenge. Right. So thanks everybody who voted. Uh, we apologize it's coming a week late. Sick last weekend and or butthurt that mine did not win. Um, but for real. Uh, so we I will did. have to evaluate all the brackets we were sent uh, and see who got the closest. And who I haven't determined who did get the closest, but I know Garrett from Two Views gave us one. I, I Somebody named the Porno Jukebox gave us one. Yeah, Michael, that's from my barbecue team. Okay, cool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was very confused uh. by that username. <laughs> <laughs> I know we got one from Greg at Nightmare Junkhead. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we got a couple others. So I'll look at those and whoever got the closest, I'll let you guys know. You will get to you'll get a pick a movie that we're going to review. Mm-hmm. And I get an additional staff pick, don't I? That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right, Catherine has our rotten reviews ready real quick. I want to look at how much money this made. It Zero can't be dollars. a lot. Cuz <laughs> you're just being a hater over here, Catherine. <laughs> Box office, uh, thirteen million nine hundred thousand. <laughs> so zero dollars. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I guarantee you, did not cost a lot of money to make. No, not at all. I I'm not seeing anything about the budget. Also, can we talk about how it was in theaters August third and on disc by November? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good run. Yeah. Get it out by Christmas. In yeah. In it August? was released August third, yeah. two thousand seven. Uh, their budget was $25 million. Ooh. Oh. Lost 12. A lot of explosions. I bet, they've, I bet they've made some of that back later. Yeah. You know. Well, but. and I think they were on Netflix for a while, so. Yeah. Yeah, they got those streaming rights going. The one thousandth of a penny. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for plausibility, this is not your movie. If you're looking for laughs, this is not your movie. <laughs> if you like seeing delusional, overgrown adolescents fall down a lot, then this one's for you. Yeah. Yes. All right. I do like all those things because yeah. I am also a delusional, overgrown adolescent that falls down a lot. This movie is incredibly relatable. It remains nothing more than the silliness of Napoleon Dynamite, only not nearly as offbeat, combined with the failed stunts of Jackass, only not nearly as dangerous to the star. I don't know. Rod does blow up a tower. <laughs> <laughs> the results are barely worth an illegal download. Oh, fuck that guy. That is fucking savage. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, fuck that God. guy. That's amazing. Wow. That's a really good insult. <laughs> I'm going to end on that one. Yeah. I think we should. And I think we should go up on a on a higher note. What did we like about this movie? And why is it? No. We still need to do a plot synopsis, don't we? Mm. <laughs> We, can we really, that. you know, what we need we need a laminated sheet so <laughs> we keep on this, <laughs> on this right here. So I can make that yeah, and the just, audience is like authenticity. <laughs> a laminated sheet that we take a dry erase marker, we check the categories as we do it. I'm really erase it each week. I'm really glad we don't do timestamps where so it's like <laughs> do what we liked at three fifty three, but then go back to two fifty three when we remember that the plot summary goes there. Okay, what do we? Oh, plot synopsis. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like if you don't know the plot of Hot Rod, and it's the winning movie, I feel like if it won the... There's a great plot. Mm. It is... Yeah, Rod. Rod has to earn respect from his stepfather by kicking his ass, and then his heart starts to give out, so he has to use his stunts to earn $50,000 to pay for his heart transplant. Yeah, seems pretty cut and dry. Yeah, that's a pretty straightforward plot to me. It's really more of a framing for jokes to occur. It is. This movie is, is bits strung together. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I really like about it. I think we should just talk about, I mean, before we get into what works well and what doesn't work well, you have to acknowledge that this movie is incredibly polarizing, right? Yeah. Like, there are very few people who kind of like this movie. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. There's like, a lot of people who be like, yeah, I guess we can watch Hot Rod. Yeah. Like, Hot Rod is not the equivalent of National Treasure with your family at Thanksgiving. <laughs> You're not going to put it on the background because it's, like, kind of okay for everybody. People are either going to love this movie or they're going to hate it. Yeah. There is no in-between. And I think a lot of that just stems from the type of humor that it employs. It either really hits or it just doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. to you. An all. example like, of this, uh, there was a scene that may come up later that I was I was laughing to the point of almost tears and Catherine got mad at me for laughing at it. It's not the it's not the Will Arnett scene. Oh. It's the earlier <laughs> one. There's 
I, so there's a couple. Of, she's like, it's not even funny. There are a it couple of types forever. of humor that are in this. That that that's a huge part of it, right? Which which it's uh, it's in other shows and films that are like this, and people hate those pieces too. Mm-hmm. Like the things that just take forever. So they're falling. Is it was it the falling? It was down the falling the, scene. Oh. Yeah. Falling down the mountain takes forever. I was almost in tears. From the moment he hits the log, uh-huh. and he's just like, shit! And <laughs> I'm already laughing, and Catherine's like, what? that's not even funny. I'm like, it's just, it's the scene, and I'm struggling to breathe, because I'm also trying to explain why I think it's so funny, and Catherine is mad that I think it's funny. Well, then, I'm not <laughs> sure by the time you, ca- well, then by the time you calm down, he hits the super barrel roll. <laughs> Well, it's, whatever emotion you're feeling when it starts, you feel that a hundred times at the end. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're yeah. annoyed at the beginning. Yeah. And it's way worse at the end. Exactly. And if you're laughing at the beginning, then you're dying at the end. <laughs> because it's just like, you think it's finally like come to a close and then suddenly he's like 30 feet in the air, like sideways barrel rolling through the tree. It's bringing Tyler to tears in the room right now. By just talking about it. And the more the more I enjoy it, the more upset Catherine gets about it. <laughs> so there's there's that type of humor in this movie. There's something that I think we'll probably talk about, but there's a lot of subversive humor. Mm-hmm. So it does a lot of... And we've talked about like other films seem to use more and more of this type of humor later, right? Mm-hmm. But the idea of building to an emotional point where it's very serious, ser- like a serious emotional build to mm-hmm. something that could be a serious moment, and then it does the, it drops out from under you and it's a, a dumb moment. So like all the jumps are like that. I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I can handle it. You know what I mean? And so I think that type of humor is in other movies that are not like this that people really like. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about precursors, that's this, the type of humor that this like... movie is insanely influential, mm-hmm. and I don't think it, I don't think it gets as much respect as it should for what it did, because I think we all kind of saw this movie and then forgot that we saw it, but we kept the, we kept the sense of humor and we kept all the jokes, um, because something else this movie does really well is I don't know how many times, as a group we have referenced this movie. That's a lot. Catherine, I know you're always making hot rod references. Oh yeah, Catherine always tells me cool beans. I was gonna say that has to be that had to be another one of your favorite scenes was cool beans. She hated cool beans. She hated Babe Wait, and she hated the falling scene. Babe Wait was so Babe, fucking stupid. Babe oh, Wait. Shut <laughs> up. I was gonna ask something I don't know about this movie is. I assume this movie uses a lot of improvisation. Has to. Which is is something that I, I think it does really well, but I, I don't think that they can take credit for, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of the improvisation style of comedy where they just set up a scene and they're supposed to act like their characters act and just throw bits out there. Mm-hmm. Like, you could say a lot of that comes from early Judd Apatow as well, mm-hmm. right? So, and, uh, and Adam McKay as well. Yeah. So, like, Anchorman... You can go and see like millions of blooper quotes, right? Where it's mm-hmm. just them trying out different lines to see what's funny. I imagine a lot of anchor, or I'm sorry, of Hot Rod is like that too. Where like I have to imagine that the Will Arnett thing is just that's just Will Arnett doing yeah. his shit. Like, yeah, I know well, I Cool know. Beans was improv, right? And then they just cut it together. <laughs> oh, uh, some of the improv it's a little different, but when he breaks the window, when he shuts the door. Oh, yeah. The, is because he accidentally broke it when he shut the door. It wasn't supposed to break. Well, I think what helps with that improv is you have so many guys in the cast that are have that Saturday Night Live background. Right. Uh, whether it's writing or acting. So I think that probably helps a lot build a strong chemistry mm. and they can all play off each other. Even though Danny McBride hasn't been on SNL, I feel like he'd knock it out of the park. Absolutely. Right. And right. I think they all just... One, you have the relationship between... Andy and Jorma mm-hmm. and I wish that Akiva had been able to be in it a little more but uh what did he do did he have a role was he, uh, he gave he gave Dave the acid yeah okay yeah and put the top hat on and floated away okay <laughs> I mean so Bill Hader Thanks Will Arnett Danny McBride Jorma and Andy and you take Will Arnett out and you still have all of those five who are is that five four I can't count you have those four who are interacting in a, such a fluid way. Like the bell scene is an, <laughs> an incredible example of just guys just bouncing off of each other. 
again, I think that was one where they all just started improving. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's probably another one Catherine wasn't a huge fan of. And they're harmonizing. <laughs> ah, ah. You know what would be great is if we recreate the scene that Catherine hates on I think air. we should, yes. Well, um, I mean, how many times have we done that, like, testing the mic before we start an episode? A lot. Yeah. So, yeah, to be real honest, is it just super annoying to hang out with us most of the time? Because we're just, I feel like we're, we're acting like that group of, I think I the feel other like, part I feel of like is, we're just that group minus the stunts. Right. Yeah. It is funny because that's a group that you can tell that they have chemistry because they've been around each other for a while and they know each other's joke pattern, right? Mm-hmm. And you can kind of say the same, I don't want to toot our own horn. Yeah. But we've known each other for a really long time. We all kind of know how each other joke and so it fits you and I mean. Yeah. Well, one of the reviews mentioned that too, saying that it was just like a movie that could be funny if you were in on the joke. Yeah. And it's like a lot mm-hmm. of inside joke type of thing yeah. that the audience doesn't get. I think yeah. that's fair. But I do think there is there's a lot to be said for the absurdism in this movie because it presents a very real world, but it's not. It, it's like The Simpsons. It's like Parks and Rec. You're given this very real world, but it, everything is very exaggerated. Like he's exactly, and I hate The Simpsons. <laughs> like I really. Yeah, you liked Parks and Rec though. Yeah, but that was different. Yeah, and it took a while for me to get into that. Do you like Brooklyn Nine Nine? She I hasn't don't. watched it with me. Okay, because of this movie, right? She well, doesn't like Andy Samberg. Well, so yeah. so Sarah doesn't like Andy Samberg either. Yeah. and so I've even though I feel like because Brooklyn Nine Nine is basically Parks and Rec with Andy Samberg, it is. Mm-hmm. I think that. Sarah has been, like, not really wanting to watch it because it's got Andy Samberg. Mm-hmm. And it, to be true, it does have Andy Samberg humor in it. It mm-hmm. does. So, like, there'll be a lot of, like, well, that wasn't supposed to happen. Like, yeah. and, like, <laughs> that's kind of just, built, you know what I mean? Like, he'll, yeah. and he'll say exactly like that. And yeah. so if that's the kind of thing that annoys you, it just it's not up your alley. It's all, like, annoying teenage boy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like, that's why it's hilarious. All of that comes out in all of you. <laughs> Cheering, like... <laughs> podcast, but I think the difference. Do you is... have something to say to us, Catherine? <laughs> but the is there difference... a reason you haven't left a positive review on our show? <laughs> but the difference is, it's like knowing you prior to starting the podcast, and like knowing the completely other side of Tyler, and like you know right. that kind of thing. Right. That I just choose to look past. So really, all we have to do. Outside. Really, all we have to do is introduce you to Andy Samberg and hang out with him, and then it would be fine. And you can. All right. I also think the other thing too is I do think Nine Nine does that with his character though, where it like it gives him another side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot more depth to Andy's character in Nine Nine. Than something like Hot Rod. I will also say, too, there's something different about, like, when you're hanging out with people and they're doing it. Because then when we're... If you're like, oh, my God. Like, we're, like, we may take one more, one or two more jokes after the oh, my God, but we're uh-huh. not going to do, like, five. Yeah. Which, when you're watching the movie, you're like, I can't tell them to stop. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, because, like, how you said, like, you guys have known each other forever. I think part of that is that stupid boy humor oh, comes yeah. out more yeah. easily because you guys just revert back to your stupid boy ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think this is nice, actually. <laughs> There's a lot coming to light here. On the episode. podcast, it probably sounds mean. I think it's very nice, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Let's, Let's, session Let's get it all out there. <laughs> No, I was coming to therapy today. Yeah. I just aired it all out. <laughs> this movie sparks something in this group. <laughs> we will try to be aware of the point yes. <laughs> I think the humor, as polarizing and divisive as it is in this movie, is to the movie's benefit. And like I said before we went on our therapy session, uh, the, the absurdism in here, beyond just the stuff that is the out-and-out jokes... The absurd concepts, like him fighting Frank, and like he, him going down into the basement in full like hockey pads and with his oh no, mustache, hockey pads with his a fake mustache, and then you just have fucking music from a western playing as he goes down there that Frank's just listening to, and he gets out the Rhodesian fighting sticks. <laughs> oh, Rhodesian! It presents it presents the world as real, but then completely subverts, like you were talking about 
what that world actually is. Right. I don't have any more to say about what it does well without going on just an hour long. Hey, hey, hey remember it. Yeah. Hey, remember that scene? <laughs> yeah. Man, that scene was great. I mean, it's going to be a short category for the three of us, I think. I got um, some stuff I don't think it does. Okay. There is a little bit, I guess. But what does this movie not do well? Catherine. Give the floor to you. Do you have anything <laughs> left to vent? <laughs> I don't like. Let me ask you this. We will start building. Would you? <laughs> so this movie's not up your alley. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's I think it's super polarizing. Mm-hmm. Is there things you would change about this movie, or is just the way that this movie functions? Or are you just, just saying scrap? It. To, you know what I mean? It's just it's Get just the whole it. thing. Because like, what's her name? I love Fisher. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I like her uh-huh. and some of her other stuff. But I don't know, like, and she kind of plays more like Confessions of a Shopaholic. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, I have not. So. But she's more of like a ditz in that one rather mm-hmm. than like the strong, like smart, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I like her part of it, but I don't know. It's the same old story of girl has a shitty, cool city, college boyfriend, like whatever, you know, comes back and is with the doofus. That is cute. And... You know, well, I think that's the point, though, because it it makes it another like point of absurdity. But he's too much of a doofus. Yeah. Like, why? How is that attractive at all? I think. Well, I, I'm kind of with Tyler on this one in that 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 trope incredibly overused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Judd Apatow like, movies are like that. The all obnoxiousness the time. of it too, because like the boyfriend. Hey, wait. I think and, like, that's what makes lot, her. Hey, Wait. But I think that's oh what God. makes her being interested in him at all uh-huh. like also part of the absurdity. Yeah. Because like she's clearly great. She's mm-hmm. clearly very smart and beautiful. And so she's choosing well, between so all these... of a sudden see like click for her that he is like a piece of shit. Yeah. And be like, nope, done with that. And, and then I... goes to the next piece of shit, like but in a different way. The, the whole point though is they're be. both terrible. Like yeah. she yeah. shouldn't be with either uh-huh. of them. <laughs> and the movie makes her make this dumb choice. Which she shouldn't choose either one of them. I also don't like the fact, like, when they show his, you know, like, highlight reel or whatever in the theater and he gets all butthurt because everyone hates it and is making fun of it. He's not that serious of a person. Like, he shouldn't be getting butt, you know. But he takes what he's doing seriously. Like, it is humorous and it is a joke in the context of the movie, but he does... We're presented to Rod as like as a guy who takes everything he's doing a hundred percent seriously. And incredibly emotionally fragile. Yeah. Also that. Well, Young, boy. Young boy. Young <laughs> boy. <laughs> I mean that's another type of humor that this movie uses, right? And mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. one of the more annoying ones mm-hmm. is the exaggeration of mm-hmm. any emotion. Yeah. So whenever he's like, Get out! <laughs> like <laughs> It's just his voice. His voice is so... And that's why I can't do anything else with him. Like, his voice is so yeah. annoying. It's, an, it's Andy Samberg, come on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to fix this. And probably, like, he, we does can he talk like this, that Andy. in real life? Like, mm-hmm. in an interview? Yeah, okay. So I'd yeah. probably be fine with him in real life, but... Yeah. Watching him, no. See, I love it. I, I love everything Andy do. Samberg does. This is just first take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that this movie should have done differently? Not exist. <laughs> God. <laughs> Boo. I don't think the mic picked you up. Prodcast. Not exist. Prodcast came with Scorched Earth today. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> hey, all is fair. I went Scorched Earth on Halloween Town, so you yeah. are more than welcome to tear this movie to pieces. God, it's going to be great. That's that all fair. This is an annual rewatch for me <laughs> at minimum. God. <laughs> Look forward to that, Catherine. Oh, the shopping. <laughs> Probably a good call. What did you not like? There's a very little that I didn't like. I can't think this. of anything. Yeah. Like, there is... I I have a letdown scene, but it's still... It works in the context of the movie. All right, what was... Uh, do we want to do best scene, worst scene? Best scene, worst scene. Let's do it. God, there's going to be a lot of editing in this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Best scene, worst scene. Uh, my standout was, uh, it has to be the dancing in the forest. Yeah. The footloose callback mm-hmm. and falling down the mountainside. Because this, is act- Catherine, this scene's actually very important to the movie because he falls and then when he it gets falls, up, he sees. Falls, falls, yeah, falls. but then without that fall, he wouldn't have seen the billboard. One, one big, big jump. jump. 
So at all an homage to Black Sheep. That's what Ooh, I always thought. Yeah. Right? Because uh, that's they do that in Black Chris Sheep. Chris Farley movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay strong, little roots. <laughs> <laughs> I even think he says, What the hell was that all about? Yeah. I think they both say that. I'm pretty sure that isn't a much. I actually think my favorite parts of the movie are Danny McBride and Bill Hader. Yeah. yeah. I love Bill Hader's character. Especially when they when he gets serious and he's like <laughs> He's like, it roughly translates to, he who does not remember the past is destined to repeat it, and Danny Bright just <laughs> sprays him with the hose. hose. I think my favorite line from this movie is, man, I am just green, green with jealous you. rage right now. Which is another one we've used to <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I guess mine aren't really scenes, but I think it's just any part that Bill Hader has a heavy mm-hmm. part in. Probably the I Like to Party, mm-hmm. where they're all in the garage, and Yorma's on Heelys, and <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> I have to say, I was going to say The Fall, uh, but since we've already covered it, uh, my favorite scene, or what is a standout scene for this movie, is the first fight with Frank, uh, <laughs> because it sets the tone for what you're what you're getting with this movie, and like I said earlier, you're presented a world that is not normal. It's like, the things that are accepted and average in this world are very, it's extreme and very much not, not typical. And so... It, it sets the tone for the entire rest of the movie from there. Mm-hmm. Catherine, do you have one? No. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> Let down scene. Let's go. Oh, man. Two words. Babe, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really hated that scene. Man, I don't know. I've, I've got Maybe mine. when he's knocked out and he has the vision of the oh, yeah. grilled cheese, I guess. I don't know. See, even that yeah. works for me. Um, mine mine is the presentation of the film. Hands down, that is my least favorite part of this movie. Not because it's a bad scene, but because that that's my fucking nightmare. Where you work on something really hard and show it and everybody laughs? Yeah. Yeah, that is a fucking... Like, this is a therapy session. That is... <laughs> <laughs> That would be My the greatest worst. Of abandonment. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like he's sitting there and everybody's like into it, and then it's the shot close up on his face of just like him realizing that he's a huge joke to everybody, and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I would agree. I think the like everything is staged in this movie appropriately. Like it's set up for emotional like subversion or whatever. I think the parts of the movie that I don't like are when it actually does like get emotional or pretend mm-hmm. to be emotional or, or whatever the exaggerated reaction is. Cause it just doesn't, I don't know. Do they have any parts? It fits, where, but I just don't, I don't, mm-hmm. it's not my favorite. Yeah. But do they have really any serious parts where it doesn't end in a joke? Like yeah. No. Where it one eighties and no, that's true. Which I understand is a setup, but mm. uh, not your favorite setup. They use. Yeah. All right. Uh, Gleason. Hater. Yeah. Hater, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't even know. Though there's he a had few. Plenty, give me more. There's a few. So Bill Hader's one, Dave McBride, and another one is Chris Parnell. Yeah, Chris, Chris Parnell, yeah. definitely. <laughs> I just spent my last fifteen thousand dollars on this. <laughs> it's Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> I think one of the best, like, it. It's not like fucked up humor, but it's a very dark humor in this absurd frame. Is when Chris Parnell says, "And I hope nobody got a f- got in a fight with Rod this morning because he is most likely dead." <laughs> it's and the fact that it's played for laughs and succeeds at getting laughs, it's like holy shit! Like this shouldn't be funny. Yeah, but it it's all down to Chris Parnell's delivery in that. Chris Parnell has a great ability to. To do the serious absurdist. Because what was the other thing where... Oh, he does the same thing in uh, 21 Jump Street as the... I remember when I was doing cocaine with <laughs> Willie Nelson. <laughs> like, he plays that perfect, serious person in an absurd movie doing absurd things. Um, so, yeah, I think he could be a good candidate yeah. for this as well. All right. Uh, what's our... Did you have a Gleason one or was Hater yours? Hater's mine. Okay. Yeah. Bunch of haters in here. What friends Do you episode have friends does this episode? make you think of? When Pete decides he wants to be a UFC fighter. Okay. How many times are we going to use that one? Did I use that one? We have used that I one. I think we have. For what? I but I've only know. used it once, then you can retract your statement. No, <laughs> I know we have. I know we have. <laughs> yeah, I... 
We've just had, we Don't have throw such, slander on my name. <laughs> we just have such an expansive backlog of episodes. It's oh my gosh. hard to remember. So what's our wheel these days? Is it regenre? We were doing regenre. I think we need suggestions for what our new wheel should be. We like, haven't worked through all our genres. Not but... a wheel, like something else. Yeah. Give us we, a new it might be wheel. time to remove the wheel. Yeah. yeah. You want to do it one more time or do you want to Reinventing the, the wheel, as they say. Let's do it one more time for send it out. All right. One big jump. One big spin. One <laughs> last ride. <laughs> uh, witty dialogue movie. Yes. All right. <laughs> Done. <laughs> way, to, way to go out, Recast. Right. It was supposed to be like, Good like work, Wes Anderson, probably. Like, uh, all right, well, yeah. fine, whatever. I um, think that's... <laughs> That's fine. We don't have to do no, it. If nothing has ever been more emblematic of our podcast and the recast <laughs> I did do it again. It landed on 90s romantic comedy. But it's kind of already... All right. You want to do that? No, I mean, we're there. Okay. Fine. <laughs> you come up with a new segment next time. Uh, so I think what we're getting at is that this movie is transcendent of genre. It is. This movie is transcendent It just genre. doesn't have a genre. <laughs> <laughs> and you can I, literally plug it into any genre and it's a great movie I will say I do think that's to the movie's benefit some of my favorite movies like Big Trouble in Little China um, Hot Rod those two movies <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're movies that aren't confined to specifically one genre and don't really fit anything other than the overarching thing like Hot Rod is comedy mm-hmm. Big Trouble in Little China falls under action Kind of. Yeah. I think what we could do... I have an idea audio is weird today. I have an idea for a new segment, but okay. I don't know if it would work or not. I think we could do kind of like Regenre Wheel, but just take this cast and pitch a new movie. Okay. And it could be any any genre you want, but you just got to pitch a new movie. I like that a lot. But it'd be individual. You can pitch your own movie. Okay. All right. Yeah? That's oh, kind of... Are we doing that now? No, you don't have to. Oh. I, I have not thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> what we do, we do have our That's segment... That's good, because um, then that gives me time. That's something I can actually prepare. Right. Yeah. We do have our segment that we've been doing off and on, and hopefully we'll be a little more regular with it, of our listener question, and then our our answer to that as well. So, I, as I posted on Twitter, Hot Rod's been argued by us to be one of the more influential comedies of its time. Mm-hmm. So what 2000s movie do you think influences other movies in its genre the most? Some of the answers we got were from Jameson, at uh, UnrulyJ on Twitter, The Fast and the Furious is a huge influencer on the Fast and Furious genre. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because it's really not, because... You hit, like, after Tokyo Drift, and then they're not related at all. They are not. Joey at Imolorado on Twitter said Anchorman, Step Brothers, and Will Ferrell in general. So the Will Ferrell, Adam McKay duo. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we had another response from Jessica Anchorman. Uh, And then the guys over at the Unlucky Ones said Meet the Parents. And I think Meet the Parents is one that I wouldn't have thought, because everybody's going to jump to that Will Ferrell, Adam McKay type humor. But Meet the Parents, I can totally see an argument for. What would you say Meet the Parents' style is? Because it seems Uncom- to me like... Uncomfortable comedy? I would yeah, say it's, the cringe comedy? It, yeah, do you, would you say it's a precursor to, like, The Office? I, I think it Ish. probably has a lot to do with Not the way... Not style, but... Yeah. But, like, those, ep- those certain episodes, humor. yeah. I, to- I, I can totally see that. It's, it's one of those drier... Because it's not a dry comedy, mm-hmm. but it is drier in general. Also, another like another one. It it I think had a lot to do with like. It was the most quoted movie I think I've heard in the early two thousands. Uh, like, how often do you still hear somebody say, "I have nipples"? Can you milk me? Like, yeah, that's true. When I wonder if we could look up when it came out. Anchorman came out in two thousand four. Yeah. Um, so meet the, oh, is meet the parents in the two thousands? Is it, it feels or is it like ninety nine? Fuck, it might be ninety nine. Two thousand. It is two thousand. Dead and on. There's 2000. meet the fuckers and then meet the uh, there... and little fuckers. Yeah, that little fuckers. I never saw either of the sequels. Really? Yeah. Meet the fuckers is pretty. Good. Yeah, meet okay. the fuckers is pretty funny. What do you guys think about this? I have a I have one pick. I don't know if you can put this. Oh, on. like influential movies? Yeah, yeah. We can stick to two thousands, or we could branch out a little bit on some of the more influential movies in general. 
My I've got a 2000s pick. to the 2000s. My 2000s pick is The Born Identity. Ooh, uh, fuck yeah. Uh, because for a couple of reasons. You can you can super see it uh, in the way they changed Bond. Yeah. Right? So, like, the Bond is a reaction to the Born Identity style. They got a new Bond. Mm-hmm. Did they, have they actually picked it yet? The new Bond? That's what huh? I'm saying. They chose... Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I understand yeah. what I'm saying. Because it was yeah, Pierce yeah. Bronson and then... Yeah. Right. So, it shifted action movies from being these, like, very smooth, like, suave characters mm-hmm. who are, like, they'll they'll mm-hmm. get in a scene and they'll be like, I'm going to say a line and then I'm going to do some shit. And Born Identity switched to, like, very real, gritty spycraft, mm-hmm. like, almost dying in every scene type of thing. Right. And shaky cam. Like, both of those two things. And mm-hmm. so the fighting is no longer, like, these big, long, like, uh, choreographed scenes, mm-hmm. right? There are these 30 seconds of, of action. For better like, or worse. Right. Right. I do think that's that's a really good point, uh, especially in regard to reaction to it. I think that its influence is almost more important in the way that movies now have responded to the shaky cam style of action that was popularized. Because now, like, Mission Impossible Fallout, uh, John Wick, like... Bringing back the smooth. Yeah, yeah. bringing back mm-hmm. the very, very stylized and choreographed and easy-to-see fight scenes, mm-hmm. which I don't think... I don't know if we would have had the, like... We would have had scenes like that, but they would have been the norm, so they wouldn't have stood out right. quite like they do now right. without uh, Born. Yeah, I, I think that's totally mm-hmm. fair. I think if you put uh, John Wick... And made it happen in 1998. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been, it would have been great. Yeah. But it, yeah, it would not have gotten the approval that it's got or the attention. As yeah. Know. Uh, mine is mine's Paranormal Activity because I think what it what Paranormal Activity did, one it founded the Blumhouse model. Uh, it like it has set the standard for these big or low budget high return horror movies that we get so many of now uh and now blumhouse has made their entire business model off of making movies like this bringing in money and then making the bigger budget from these so i think the horror genre today i mean obviously you have your indie stuff you have your smaller studio stuff but the horror blockbuster as it is owes a lot to paranormal activity Mm -hmm. i agree with that and it's i mean it spawned how many sequels? Mm-hmm. Sequels. Um, it created... I don't know. It just... I won't say created. Because really, other than the model, Paranormal Activity didn't create much. Right. I mean, it's, it, it adopts from mm-hmm. Blair Witch. Blair Witch. Um, What's it, other found footage stuff? Other found footage. Or just movies that became like a nationwide phenomenon. Because do you guys remember like when Paranormal Activity came out? Like... It was a huge deal, and I I always I forget all the that. shots of the crowds and yeah. theaters. Like yeah, that was one out. where you're getting a bunch of like crowd reactions in in your marketing, which we haven't seen for or we hadn't seen for a long time. Can I tell you my personal interaction with Paranormal Activity? Yes. Uh, so that came out like mid. Well, for me, mid high school. So I was probably. 16. Was it mid-high school? I thought we were... Might have been college. I don't think so. I'm no, pretty, the first one? The no, first one. middle school. So yeah. yeah. So oh, okay. school. I'm pretty sure so I was 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe some stuff I don't believe now. <laughs> uh, definitely thought that movie was real until yeah. the end. I thought it was real found footage. And I thought I was like, fuck. Fuck, man. Yeah. No way. So that, <laughs> that movie still, like, I've never seen it again, but that mo- I still remember that movie very clearly mm-hmm. for thinking it was real found footage and not not knowing it was real. Yeah. I thought, like, halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, it's not. Like, maybe it's, like, it's a movie. It seems like it'd be weird that they would just put it together in a movie. But I was like, what? It just show it to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look what happened to these people. I said, is it? We're all getting together. Go watch a snuff film. <laughs> But, like, that's... Well, I think I knew they didn't die, but I was, like, the stuff of them, like, like, I don't know, standing by the bedside. That's a good point, though, because, like, you mentioned Blair Witch. It's it's probably the first movie since Blair Witch to do that. And Blair Witch was one of those that did make people think it was real and that this was something somebody found. Um, So I think it brought... Blair Witch created the found footage genre, 
Paranormal Activity brought life back to the found footage genre. Yep. What about you, Riley? I'm going to go with the Raimi Spider-Man movies. Oh, Oh, yeah. As far as... They were probably the most successful of those early 2000s, because I think you also had X-Men and... Daredevil. Fantastic Four and the Ben Affleck Daredevil. So Don't forget Elektra, the first <laughs> yeah. female-led Marvel movie. Don't let anybody <laughs> tell you differently that Captain Marvel is a new concept. Elektra. I said I made this joke on Twitter, but do you think Jennifer Garner has just alt accounts going around reminding people that she was technically the first Marvel? <laughs> Got the Kevin Durant burners going. <laughs> you know, I like Captain Marvel, but Elektra did it better. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you guys should totally check out Alias on Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unrelated, 13 on 30 goes a great movie. <laughs> that is a good movie. That's good. All right. This episode's going to come out and we're going to get a bunch of like requests of getting offered screeners of Peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that movie for, by the way? Who is... I don't know. Who's been fiended for a, a Jennifer Garner spy feature? People who thought Atomic Blonde was a little too intense. Probably <laughs> like, I want a strong female-led action movie, but oh, oh, oh not that one. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, jeez, no, thanks. Oh, jeez, <laughs> just a little bit. I like my female action movies to be PG-13. <laughs> Who the hell is this for? What should you watch if you like Middle this movie? Middle school boys. If you, if you enjoy listening to our podcast, you'll like this movie. Exactly. <laughs> Middle school boys. God, there's going to... You've gotten a lot of support from the listeners lately, and there's about to be a big ground push. For, I don't think like, there will be. Wave. Yeah. Nah, because a lot of people were pushing for Devil Wears Prada. It's going to be Cancel Catherine. They're both going to be K's. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of another big cancellation we'll talk uh, talk about off mic. All right. So, I mean, I think uh, clearly this we talked about it at the very beginning of this movie. It's it is very polarizing. Mm-hmm. You either already know that you like this type of humor and have sought out things that are like this, in which case it's hard for us to branch a little bit from this. <clears throat> I will say, uh, if you have not seen Brooklyn Nine Nine, and that's a TV mm-hmm. show. But, I mean, I would say it is adjacent to this. Obviously, it's very Sandberg, but it's more of a Parks and Rec comedy type with Mm. Sandberg peppered in. Because it's it's a Michael Schur show? Yes. So, it's it's the uh, same show. Mike Schur and uh, Dan Gore. Okay. A lot of Will Ferrell's, like, older stuff, I feel like, would align Mm -hmm. with this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Humor. Yeah, I agree. Or even... um, a select few of Adam Sandler's a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But him I can tolerate because his voice isn't as... You can tolerate <laughs> Adam Sandler more than Andy Sandberg. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Is it... All right, it we're going to watch but, That's but, My Boy. Is it, late, think, oh is it late Adam Sandler? No, watch yeah, Jack like, and Jill. Because like, I actually oh. like, like the non... Stupid Adam Sandler, like I like those ones. Like Fifty First Dates? I will yeah. say, Adam Sandler's... Or like Sandler's... Click or... Uh, I... Grown ups, or you know, Adam Sandler is much more in the classic comedy and/or romantic comedy where the third act is sweet and emotional, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like whatever the end is, whether it's romantic mm-hmm. or not. The the and I'm not saying that's good or bad either way. It's yeah. just different, right? Or uh, what was that one? Bedtime stories. Right. There's like yeah. actually some emotional weight mm-hmm. to Adam Sandler movies, and you can see he he gets the like, dramatic chops. <laughs> He, <laughs> he flexes his dramatic chops at the end yeah. of his yeah. movies, right? Yeah. And so I think there's, if you don't, even if you didn't like the first two thirds of an Adam Sandler movie, there's something in it for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would agree that that does not happen in this movie, which it's doing very intentionally. But it also, mm-hmm. if you're looking for that in a comedy where it gets serious at some point, mm-hmm. you won't like Hot Rod yeah. for sure. I've got three similar ones. I know Riley's gonna want one of them. I don't know. I okay. Go ahead. Well, one. That is, I feel like a spiritual sequel uh, to this movie is Pop Star. Never stop, never stop. Yeah, that's actually really good. I actually yeah. really like Pop Star. 
So if you like that, you'll like this. Or if you like this, you'll like that. MacGruber. Oh, yeah, that's what that's. I thought about that this MacGruber, morning. MacGruber, absolutely. If you like Hot Rod with its series of interconnected bits and absurd humor, MacGruber also hits that mark. Times, like, 15. Yeah. And then Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Interesting. I Yeah, I feel like the absurdism and the type of humor is all still very similar. Um, if you don't think your kids are ready for Hot Rod quite yet, then uh, maybe hit them with Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Don't hit them. <laughs> I realize oh now. I, Watch this. I framed that weirdly. Oh my god! You don't think your kids are ready for hot rod yet? Hit them <laughs> with cloudy of a chance of meatballs. Um, but no, I think that'll be. I think that's a good. Uh, yeah, that's a solid good list. spread. Yeah, I think you nailed it. What did you have any on your list? No, I, I got it. Got him. I had one. I I think there's portions of this that are seen in Deadpool. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. right? Not all of it, but there are portions of the humor that you can see. Uh, <laughs> Stop kicking the cup over! <laughs> Clean up your maybe, maybe Dodgeball? Yeah. Yeah, I'd Dodgeball. Say, I'd say those two... The Dodgeball is better than this. Ooh. It, okay. Dodgeball is very good. There's, there's portions of it, and so, but Dodgeball has, has Zoo- some emotional weight at points, and this one doesn't. Take Zoo- out that emotional uh, weight. Zoolander? Zoolander. V1? Yeah, yeah I don't want emotional weight in my one. comedies. <laughs> <laughs> Levity all the way. Yeah, exactly. All right. And this is escapism. Yeah, <laughs> it is escapism. For sure. All right. And what we are doing next week, we got a review from Ryan, our buddy whose Twitter handle I cannot remember at this like... time. It's like rking92. Rye guy. Rye guy. <laughs> he was on my side, my he... bracket. Yeah, I know. He was... He's your biggest fan because he said that you carry the podcast in this review. But his his request, you do. You do carry the podcast and we are are better for it. Until today. Until today. (laughs) Can't win them all. (laughs) (laughs) We will be reviewing There Will Be Blood next week. (laughs) An incredibly serious, intense movie. (laughs) Yes. So so take some time, guys. Really center yourselves. Yeah. (laughs) And prepare. And carve out, like, three hours for it. Oh, uh, is this another three-hour movie? Uh, Ryan. Two hours and 38 minutes. Ah. He was so close to picking Halloween 3, too. We've had a great run of movies that I can watch 30 minutes of as I get ready in the morning, and this is not, that's not one of them. No. Nope. I don't think so. <laughs> Pretty sure not. But anyway, this has been episode 26 of Who the Hell is This For? Thank you guys for listening. You're welcome. Hey guys, I'm back. Uh, this has been episode 27 of Who the Hell is This For? Thanks for listening. <laughs> Last week he called it, this has been episode 26 of Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs>